1: Um I'm in the back my outfit we said
0: we ladies and gentlemen welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street line we are glad to be back here with you this week coming to you live from the wppm LP Philadelphia Studios 106.5 FM Roy Burton alongside me as always my tag team partner again one half of the mounties <laughs> Chris Domingo Mr. Domingo, how are you doing? this fine Saturday morning, sir.
1: Roy, I'm doing great. To my fellow Rujo brother, this is this is what we do. Or, or, or no, no, no. The Mountie was one Rujo brother, and but nonetheless, we need yes. this is going to be a six man tag. This now.
0: Is, yeah, this is a six man tag. We we have we were like the new day for those of you who are <laughs> yes. who are into into wrestling because we have decided to class up the joint a little bit. Joining us in the studio today, a very special guest, a good friend of ours, Brandon Galton editor in chief of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, how's it going, man?
2: You said class it up, Roy. Who are you bringing in here? Who uh, we who, brought, is, we who's, brought who's you the, in there? Who's in there to help? No, <laughs> honestly, guys, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, usually, when I'm talking to you guys, on the phone. It's, it's awesome to be with you here in person.
0: Uh, it's you know, it's, it's beautiful because it, it, it lends a different element to have people in the studio. Now now, now people let us come into a studio, so now it brings uh-huh. a different element to have people in the studio and have a conversation together where you can see someone and kind of pick up on. Like when I when I look at you when when I ask you a stupid question, like you can't hide that now. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like.
1: <laughs> You would get the, the blinking eye emoji if you give like Brandon like like a weird question. Be like, What are
0: you Yeah, see like like when he does it on the phone, like I can't see that. So, you know, so it adds a little bit of adds a little bit of flavor to the conversation. But Brandon's here in studio. Of course he's the editor in chief of Bleeding Green Nation. That's a side hustle because of course he also contributes to the greatest Sixers website of all time. <laughs> Liberty Ballers, get,
1: get you a man who can do both, right? Yes, yeah.
0: yes, ladies, get you a man who can talk Eagles and Sixers. We're gonna do that. Now, today. is he
1: the first of all times to to a double dip in the LB BGN uh, crew? Yes, I think you. Yeah, you're the you're the first, you're the only guy yeah. who's, done,
2: who's done both sides, right? Yeah, I think so.
0: He's the only guy who has. I think done- I'm
2: the only one who's on two of the four. You know, I don't think we have like someone Phillies. Uh, flyers, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I think yeah. So
0: yeah, see, you're you're a, a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of Hard which, we, we will talk about your career as a trendsetter again. Your work with BGN, Liberty Ballers. You spent some time with Philly Mag, with Birds twenty four seven. Now you're on WIP. Like you're you're a man of many talents. And there are a lot of people, again, who listen to this show who you know, are interested in careers in sports media. So I think it was good, or it is good for that we have Brandon in here to talk about his start in sports media and, and give advice to people out there, for those of you listening, who want a job in sports media. Again, it's a very competitive industry, and you have to work. And Brandon is a testament to that hard work and, and putting in the hours and, and all that stuff to, to get to where he is today. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. We'll talk Sixers later. But right now we're talking Eagles because we got Mr. Eagle in the building with us. And I got to ask you, because when I went to sleep on my birthday, that was March the 8th, the Eagles had not not very much cap room uh, um, at, at the at the end of the day. And when I woke up and, I, and when I looked around and I went online, I saw that they were able to swing a deal for one of the best, if not the best free agent wide receiver on the market. Probably
1: the best free agent, period. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I'll put it out there. Alshon Jeffrey. Were Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Uh, I said Alshon Jeffree. Yeah, no, no, just,
1: just, just oh, yeah, yeah. going oh, yeah, forward. Yeah. Jeff,
0: you got an emphasis on the E. Yes. Jeff, not E's. Yeah, Jeffrey. We, we, we're very important. On this show, we're very, you know, because we always mess up names because we're from Philadelphia. <laughs> so so we, we always emphasize the Jeffrey and not Jeffree's because he'll yes. be Jeffree's at some
2: point. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, here in, in Philadelphia. Alshon Jeffrey Eagles were able to lock up a deal with him. Were you surprised that that went down when, when, when that went down?
2: um absolutely because and not just because of the signing itself but one year like who who's signing one-year deals in free agency at right. this point and everything more um you know you would think uh as chris said maybe the top free agent on the market you would think he would get like you know a five-year deal what like at least 60 million or, or a lot of money there yeah. and he signs for 1 million and what did it end up being i can't even remember Nine, and, like a half. nine and a half yeah, and then like incentives. some yeah, yeah exactly so um so that was awesome and it was great and it was unexpected and uh it was it was really weird to see that happen so fast you would think you know if the market wasn't there for him maybe he takes a little bit of time tries to get uh some teams driving it up there and and we had heard he got an offer from the Vikings multi-year deal but he didn't want to play with Sam Bradford hmm I wonder (laughs) why not uh he wanted to play with Carson Wentz instead so that's pretty awesome
0: so speaking speaking of the Wentz thing how how much do you think of an impact it had when Carson Wentz is sitting there texting Alshon Jeffrey Hmm. Jeffrey saying you know like yeah, I, I need you in here. We want to. We want to win. Alshon said, "Yeah, I want to get you an MVP." Yeah. Carson comes back and says, "Nah, man, we're, we're, I'm, I'm about the chips. Huh. I'm here for the chips." That
1: really just seems like that was like like le- like a love story meant to be. Like I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's almost like, too good to be true. Yeah, right? no, like yeah. I, like like you don't want to call it fake news, but I'm like, no, <laughs> like this is like it, like usually you think athletes like give me the most money, give me like I don't even care where it's at. Like he, he wants to be here, he wants to play with Carson. That's what I was thinking. It's like. Is this the? Are these the fringe benefits of having a potential franchise quarterback?
2: Uh, absolutely, and I think uh, we see it more and more. Where there might be some people on Twitter or whoever who kind of like knock Carson Wentz. I knew like a lot of the the draft Twitter people, uh, <laughs> if you will, were not big on him. But like NFL people love this guy. Like uh, not players, coaches, GMS. Obviously, the Eagles loved him enough to to go up and get him. Brown, know, like, Browns didn't. Browns did not. They did not think he's a top twenty quarterback. But uh, we'll see how that works out for them. Um, But yeah, it's 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 really cool to to have a guy like that in your building that other players want to play for. And you know, obviously, uh, to me it comes down to the money as the deciding factor always. But you know, Alshon did say time and time again that you know it was the Eagles Bears game in week two last year, and he Mm -hmm. saw that kid play well, and that really uh, stood out to him.
0: I mean, it's so, it's so refreshing to have that, a guy like that in this town, because I don't know, when was the last time we've had a guy, not just with the Eagles, but we've had a guy where players wanted to play with, you know, in a, in another sport. I mean, I mean, probably AI back in, you know, the first iteration of the AI Sixers run, but it's really rare to have a guy in the town where, you know, other players, and Carson Wentz is young. I mean, he's relatively young, yeah. all things considered, and he's already a guy who's kind of, whose name is kind of, you know, ringing out there in, in the NFL, um, we also we got Alshon Jeffrey. We also got Tory Smith. Got another weapon for for Carson Wentz to. Is to... Torrey
1: Smith washed up?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's he's had some really bad years in San Francisco. I mean, how how much of that is his fault? I mean, it's hard to say because yeah, you know,
1: no, it, no, it's like one of those things. Is like we always say we don't want to tee on the the pie chart of blame. Yeah, like for the last two years of Torrey Smith's pretty bad career.
2: Pretty bad. Well, like
1: like what like what would you decide is his fault?
2: I would say a significant portion. I okay. wouldn't be like, okay. it's, it's totally not his fault. Like, he, there's totally that factor in there. Uh, <laughs> that didn't help, obviously. And, and Blaine Gabbard, and, and obviously Kaepernick wasn't playing like great either. So um, that's definitely a factor in there. I think, though, you look at his career with the Ravens and his body of work, even even in the down years with the 49ers, he's still, like, third overall or second overall in terms of uh, active players with yards per reception, Mm -hmm. and he's still really good at, like, drawing uh, pass interference penalties down the field. Because uh, he's, he's a fast guy like that, so there's something there. I don't know like how good of a player he is, but you know, you look at the Eagles' 2016 <laughs> receivers were just terrible, and you he's instantly an upgrade. I don't know how much of one, but he you know he should help the team. In he's some way.
1: obviously better than 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 the than the people that were trying to get past, like yards per reception because the reception part is important. Like, right. I mean, like right. Nelson Aguilar wasn't getting any yards for stuff because he wasn't getting reception. like I, oh. I mean so he will you think he will fill a role
2: yeah I think that's what he kind of is right that's a that's a good way to put it he's kind of a role player in that sense like again guy who can stretch the field obviously uh the Eagles are probably going to try to look for someone who can do that maybe in the long term maybe in the draft someone will see but uh it's a one-year deal essentially mm-hmm. because the, the the next two years are like option years and there's no guaranteed money so it's worth taking a chance um, obviously, the Joe Douglas connection, too. So, yes, they know his personality. And, and from what it seems like, Torrey's a really good guy when you hear him talk. Uh, right. So, I think he'll be a good locker room addition, too.
0: So, what is, what's the chances that both Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews are here this season?
2: Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, Nelson Aguilar is probably going to be here because okay. you can't cut him. Like, that's the... <laughs> oh no,
1: no, for anyone that is a sports rack fan like me, yeah. you see the dead cap and like –
2: It sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, because obviously, like your 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 people want to say, cut Vinnie Curry, cut Fletcher, cut cut Nelson Aguilar. No, it, it costs more to cut them yeah. than it is for them. This to like enter the building.
2: Yeah, you could trade them, and you you don't like lose any money. So maybe there's some kind of trade. Um, people were kind of talking about it. It wasn't anything that any reporter brought up, but kind of just speculating that like Kyle Fuller, you know, who's kind of yeah. seems like he's kind of out in the F- outs there at the yeah. Bears. Yeah, and if you could like swap him and Aguilar, and maybe a draft bus for bus, right? Exactly. We see that sometimes. Um, if you do something like that, that would be awesome. But otherwise, I think Aguilar's going to be here, and uh, with Jordan Matthews. I think he could be gone, and I don't think that would be a mistake. Look at the Timmy Jernigan trade, Mm -hmm. what the Eagles just pulled off. That is the exact kind of trade the Eagles would make in a situation with Jordan Matthews where they feel like, look, uh, we're not going to be able to pay him. We're not going to be able to keep him. Uh, I think Jordan Matthews is a good player, but I think he's going to get a lot more money than he's worth because he's been in a system with Chip and uh, just a, a group of wide receivers who are so bad that he's getting all these targets. So the numbers are kind of inflated a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if they can get a draft pick for him, like fourth round maybe even, really? third round, I think, yeah. you you,
0: take a, I, you take a fourth for Jordan
1: Matthews?
2: It's not like I'm excited about that. Oh, okay. I
1: would take a fifth for him. I, I I mean, you see, like, the I, I mean, a guy like Robert Woods got almost $8 million a year, and, yeah. I, and, and I don't think Jordan Matthews isn't. Is I, I mean, I guess the market says he's an 8 million. I don't think, in terms of, Production, I don't think he's valued, an eight million dollar right. quarterback or wide receiver. Excuse me.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's not a fun situation because I think you know, in a vacuum, we all think Jordan Matthews is a player we'd want to keep around if right. that like money wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, a lot of fans like him and everything like that, so it's kind of not the the most popular idea to do that. But I think from a business decision, they might have to.
0: You brought up the uh, the Timmy Jernigan thing again. He was another guy, um, another big acquisition from this offseason. Now he's going to play a bigger role with, with Bo Allen out. If Timmy Jernigan plays as well as we thought he all could play, when, you know he could play when he came into the league. Do you see the Eagles spending money on him as well? To I mean, it's a lot of money to commit it to your defensive line uh, yeah. between him and Fletch and obviously Vinny Curry. Um, I, I'm I'm just kind of I'm, I'm hesitant to pay a, yet another guy on the defensive line when they still haven't shown the the propensity to get sacks. You know,
2: it's a very fair concern. Um... Because it's like, why would they pay this guy if they didn't pay Benny, Benny Logan, Logan right? right? So, but the thing there is that Benny Logan's uh, twenty-seven, I think, uh, going to be twenty-eight in December. Or so, so he's he's older in his career. Timmy Jernigan's only I mean, twenty-four. So, that's uh, a that's a significant difference. Also, Timmy Jernigan in like sixteen less games played than Benny Logan has, like more than twice the amount of sacks ah, Benny has. So, okay. and I th- I think uh, Timmy Jernigan from from what I've seen on him and his pass rush ability, I think he could really eat in this scheme. Him and Fletcher there, mm-hmm. and you you solidify uh, the defensive end position. We'll see who starts there. Obviously, at Brady Graham, we'll see who starts at the other position, maybe Chris Long. But I think Jernigan could have a big year. And here's the thing. If you can't keep him, it's not the end of the world. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the what the Eagles have done here with these one-year deals is that they they know they can't keep everyone, but that's right. fine because you get the comp picks, and you look at what the Ravens do, and they lead the NFL in that category since those were invented under Ozzie Newsome. And mm. guess who is running the Eagles player personnel department? Mister right. Joe Douglas, the ah. Ravens guy. So there it is.
0: This is why we have a professional in here. This is, this
1: is <laughs> you, you have to connect all the dots. You know, I'm like, starting to blink right now because I'm like, I did not know that. Like, <laughs> like I just didn't know that. Like the comp pick. Is basically the Ozzie Newsom comp, pick. and
0: now you can trade those comp picks again, That's, which kind of exactly. gives you more flexibility, you know, on draft day, you know, because we got young Ozzie Newsom in in the uh, in the front office now with Joe Douglas. Speaking of Joe Douglas, do you think the Eagles now are done in free agency? Are they pretty much done, or is it kind of like something else is going to happen after the draft? If they don't fill holes.
2: I think they're so, pretty much done in terms of anything interesting. Okay, uh, you know, maybe a very like a minimum signing here or there. Um, Jamal Charles is still out there. Yes, I he don't. Is. I don't think they would do that, but I just think that's a little interesting. Um, okay, maybe maybe if they, you know, let's say, I think anything in free agency they do at this point, they're not the draft's less than two weeks away. I don't think they're going to do anything in that sense. But okay, you know, you leave the draft, maybe you don't get one of those players at a position you really wanted. Mm-hmm. That's maybe where you see something happen.
0: And, and speaking of players that you may not want at all, what, how, and why are Michael Kendricks and Jason Kelsey still Eagles?
2: That's a really good question. <laughs> um. I think it's weird because uh, we saw reports from you know our good friend Jimmy Kemski, who's yes. you know, a very uh, credible reporter and everything, and uh, it just hasn't happened yet. And I think what the case is is that the Eagles anticipated they would be able to trade those guys mm-hmm. and like at the start of free agency and get good value for them, and I guess the value wasn't there. Here's my theory now on that. We saw the Eagles uh, trade a third. They, well, they swapped thirds with Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore moved up in the draft. They used their third and Timmy Jernigan to get from 99 to 70. I think we can see the Eagles do something similar. Maybe they okay. take like 99 and Michael Kendrickson try to get back up to like 75 or something like that. So what that.
1: you're saying is you can trade Nelson Aguilar <laughs> and move up like 30. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, no, no it, it, it's just – is this – I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, obviously it's the thing where you can't have enough linemen because you saw last year, like, I mean, once – Lane Lane got suspended, and then a couple injuries. I mean, it kind of changed the dynamic of the team. Is it, it, is like I guess what I'm saying is, are the Eagles well positioned to even have that that much of an insurance policy in Jason Kelsey? Uh,
2: to me, when I look at the offensive line picture there, I really just feel like he's the odd man out.
1: Yo, no, I, I mean like I know he's been the good soldier, but at some point, isn't he going to start woofing?
2: I don't know because it's it's a really weird situation because you. A lot of people didn't think Wiz was going to be back because mm-hmm. he even said last year when he signed with the team that he was pretty much here to kind of just, I signed a one-year deal because I want to get back at free agency next year. He was very mm-hmm. honest about that. You don't always see players do that. So, And then they re-signed him, and I was like, well, that's interesting. And then they have Chance Wormack. Uh, they brought him in. They have Isaac Smallow, who everyone kind of just assumed is going to start at center mm-hmm. uh, and right. every, once we heard that they might move on from Kelsey. So it's a really weird situation. And – when you when you look at the roster, the Eagles have like eleven guys, and I'm not exaggerating. It's like literally eleven guys <laughs> who can play guard or who have played guard for them. That's a log jam.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it definitely is. Now you mentioned about you know possibly moving guys up to uh, moving guys to move up in a draft. Speaking of the draft, again, we are minus T minus less than two weeks away now. I guess what twelve days away from the from the NFL draft being in Philadelphia on the steps of the Art Museum. So of course we have to ask you about your prediction. I'm going to put you on the spot. Your prediction. <laughs> For what the Eagles will do with the number fourteen? Because I
1: don't know where this is going to go. Because this conversation will go forty minutes. Because I mean, right now, I guess, and we ask ourselves: Is there a booable pick?
2: Like, oh, it's it's Philadelphia, of course. <laughs> yeah, of no, course for is. reasonable Philadelphia fans,
1: <laughs> what pick would be a very booable pick?
2: Well, here's the direction I think they're going to go. Okay, in. we've seen rumors out there. Um, Crossing Broad has put out some interesting stuff this offseason where he had kind of had the, the Alshon Jeffrey signing before anyone. He also had the Wiz, the Wisniewski signing kind of before anyone. So i kind of been atten- been paying attention to what he's saying. And he said he's heard that the Eagles are going to take a defensive end, the 14th pick.
0: Okay.
1: Derek Barnett probably.
2: Oh, well, it could be Barnett. You know, here's could the guy. Be he's there. That's the thing. He might not be there. Here's the guy who, like, is the dark horse name that, like, I'm just thinking this is going to be the guy. This I'm not saying like this is necessarily the, what I would do, or and I'm not, and I don't think people are going to be I'm happy about it. I'm going to play this
1: like like in, in two weeks because oh, yeah. I hope this We're is gonna, right.
2: Charles Harris, Ooh. I think. Boo! Gonna, there no, you no, go. No, no. I think I think it really could be him because you look at what Jim Schwartz wants to do. He wants uh, to Outfield rotate. Field guy. Uh, yep, exactly. I think he. I think he's a great fit in that sense. I don't know if that's the value, but uh, there's this just this week. Um, uh, one of the big guys on uh, NFL Draft Twitter, Optimum Scouting, uh, said that he's heard two teams value Charles Harris in the top ten, which is a surprise to me. It's shocked shock to me, too. We'll see.
1: I'm going to have to watch a lot of a lot more Charles Harris YouTube <laughs> before Easter. No, no, no. I, I mean, and, and we go back and forth. It's like, what would you rather have, a great defensive line and an average secondary mm-hmm. or what the Eagles have and what they're trying to build? Like, would you rather have a Marshawn Laddum or – uh, Marlon Humphrey or whoever these guys are that I don't think are being looked at as premier. Look, they're not sure-fire, not, not like a Marshawn Lattimore, like a Gary Conley, I guess. He's not a fit in every scheme. But right. a Charles Harris. But don't you get worried that wasn't this the same thing that Vinny Curry was a perfect fit in the 4-3? Yeah. Like, Is this guy like a sure-fire, like, can get? because And we always say, when's the last time that the Eagles have had a guy on a third and nine get the quarterback, and actually, like, attempt to get the quarterback and get him. I mean, that's yeah. what's been killing the Eagles for years.
2: Yeah, I feel like the Eagles lead the NFL in almost sacks yes! every year. It's, <laughs> ha- have since Mike very Exactly. It's very <laughs> frustrating to watch. But um, uh, I think defensive end is really a big need in terms of, like, uh even immediacy. You, or, well, not necessarily you need a guy because you have Chris Long, but a lot of people think you look at defensive end and they're like, oh, the Eagles don't need to address that at all. But that's not true. I mean, right. We just talked about Vinny Curry, you know, and it's sad that it is a need after the Eagles spent what like forty some <laughs> two million eighteen guaranteed on him, that we're we're talking about this as a need. But Vinny Curry turns twenty nine this off season, Ooh. yeah. Uh, Brandon Graham also turned twenty nine, I think, uh, just in a couple of days ago or, or last month or so. Uh, Chris Long's thirty two. Those are your top three guys, right. and you know they're they're starting to reach the end of their careers. You have Marcus Smith around. Hey. Um, who actually? You know, for, we for much as we might laugh at Marcus Smith, two point five sacks last year. Guess how many sacks Vinnie Curry had? Two point five. So yeah, so actually, and, he, and Marcus Smith played a lot less than Vinnie Curry did. So, uh, but yeah, you, you need to to find an answer to that position. And again, it comes down to Schwartz being here and de- and valuing the defensive line.
0: I'm going to put you back on the spot. I don't care what, what the Eagles are going to do. Mm-hmm. What would you do? if, Given how you think yeah. the board's going to shake out or how the draft's going to shake out, at 14, what do you do? Because we already heard from... Number one Eagles analyst Ed Rendell, who said that the Eagles should draft Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so I am not a fan of that pick, but you know I can live with it. What would you do if you had the, if you had the keys?
2: I well, if Sidney Jones didn't get hurt, he was such a slam dunk. Oh yeah. no, no, that it was, was like, my pick until he got hurt. It was a no brainer. It was like this: he's going to be there probably because uh, Lattimore's going to go first and he'll fall there, and that you get your quarterback right there. Boom, done. And then he gets hurt, and it's like. Huh, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with taking a running back in the first round. I don't think they'll do it, so it kind of like makes me think like against that because I can't be like, yeah, we're going to get a running back cuz I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay, all right. But um, I really I really want to get a running back because I think that would do wonders for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz threw the ball the second most amount of times of any rookie quarterback last year. He threw 63 times in that Bengals Jeez. game. Like there, we, we heard reports after the season that his elbow was kind of sore. Like He was throwing right. too much. I would love to get a running back in here to take pressure off of him. What, what, are you What, what uh, running back? Hold on. I didn't ask him. What running back?
0: back. Give, me, give me a name. Give I, don't name. Think,
2: I don't think Cook is like a first-round guy because of all the concerns there. I love him, though, as a player. Okay. So it's am kind, of, kind of conflicted with that. Um, I do like McCaffrey a lot, and I think he would make sense for the Eagles. I don't really know if he's the best player available at 14. That's okay. the problem with it, too. But um, I think either of those two guys, I mean, if, if they drafted them, which I don't think they will, I'm not going to be upset.
1: Where where do you stand in terms of the possibility around to a draft Joe Mixon?
2: I think it's a very real possibility for the Eagles. I think if they wanted to take a hard stance against that and kind of rule it out, um, which might necessarily benefit them because you don't want to give pre-draft information away. But we saw some teams – Robert Kraft pretty much said, we're yeah. not going to draft him. Uh, the Dolphins owner or someone from the Dolphins, I pretty much believe, ruled it out too, said he's okay. not on their board. Um, I think the Eagles – really didn't do that, and I think they're very open to doing that. Personally, I think there's so many good running backs in this class that um, that's not really the direction I would prefer to lean, but if they're going to go that way, I would think uh, I think it's, there's a chance they could.
1: Is there that much of a separation between a guy like Mixon and a guy like Alvin Kamara?
2: I think so. I think Mixon is definitely better there, just because also I think he's more of a proven uh, lead guy or at yeah. least a three-down back. Like, Camaras. do you
1: need a like? I mean, this is this is Roy's point of view. Is he wants a bell cow as yes. much as a bell cow? You can be. Well, in I'm this... with
0: him. Ding ding, baby.
1: No, yeah. but it, it's like, so obviously Christian McCaffrey. Roy's worried that he's gonna fall apart and die. Right. Like, but I mean, what are you trying to get out of your? Running back, Are you trying to get a big play guy because I think that's what this team this entire team is missing is just the big play from anywhere.
2: I want a three down running back, like a guy who can who can be the bell cow because like it was very frustrating last year to have this kind of running back by committee. Ryan Matthews is here sometimes he's not he's always hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Sproles was getting like the lead carry snaps at some point which shouldn't it just shouldn't be happening shouldn't happen. especially at his age. Where, right.
1: Like where do you figure in Wendell Smallwood because like I'm Good not question. I'm not really. I'm not giving up. Like I see, I saw a little guy, a guy with some burst and sure. like some a little explosion.
2: He's Carell Buckhalter. He's yes, a guy. Yes. He's a, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's that's great to have a guy who can catch some passes. He mm-hmm. can be a rotational guy. I think there's no chance he's the Eagles' lead back. We even kind of heard Doug talk about that yeah. at the uh, the spring meetings. They kind of asked about him, and he basically said Wendell Smallwood will have a role. A you role, know, right. That's what he is—a role player. And I think that's fine. Again, it's fine. He was a fifth round pick. It's not like you're you need him to be your your top guy. So what
1: you're saying he has a, he has more of a role than Jaleel does. He's not a keeper <laughs> like uh, Brett said.
2: <laughs> well, let's not let's not get me started on Jaleel before. <laughs> We're not gonna we're not gonna have enough time for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. One last thing before we take a break. We already you know, we talked about the big name guys and, and you've kind of kept a list or BGN's kept a list of mm. the guys who've come in, the Eagles have kind of brought in. Is there another guy that maybe the, maybe the Eagles have brought in or talked to at the combine that you that you have do you think the Eagles have their eye on maybe later in the draft, second, third round, you know, maybe even third day?
2: Third day. Um, well, you saw the the visit this week that Akella Witherspoon yes. from uh, Colorado. I think you know he's a he's a, a, a long corner with athleticism. Uh, they might not go cornerback round one. I think there's a decent – because I think they go obviously I, said, I think they go defensive line or something. Mm-hmm. And I think they're the thinking there in part is that this is a draft class that isn't necessarily very deep at defensive end, so you might have to go get one earlier. The cornerback is extremely exactly. Easy. So you might be able to wait. So you look at like a guy like an a- Akella Witherspoon. Or some of those guys, um, his teammate Awuzie uh, at Colorado, and maybe you know that's where the Eagles go at cornerback, which I think could cause some people to freak out, especially if they don't get a corner within the first, first two picks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: there is a chance that the Eagles don't don't draft the cornerback in the first two rounds.
2: I think so, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Well, I
0: I I am I'm not that I, I'm shocked. but I mean, I guess that's a, I mean your board is your board. I mean, right. however you value guys, it, it this is, is, why it is why
2: I love
1: having but... an, an, an extra set of. Like, uh, thoughts because it's like I've wanted a cornerback, but I'm like if the, if 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 I don't see a Gary and Conley being an impact guy mm-hmm. like a Sidney Jones, I thought Sidney Jones was day one impact. Right. But if you get a, a guy like a Charles Harris or not even Taco Charlton, but I think like or or a Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. I I think from like you you would say Derek Barnett's probably better than Charles Harris.
2: I would think so based on everything I've seen, and everything I know, but. The thing with Barnett that concerns me is the athleticism isn't great. So, like, yeah. that kind of makes you wonder. It's like yeah. he doesn't have that first-round, number 14 pick athleticism, but his production is so good. I mean, he he beat Reggie White's sack yeah. record at Tennessee. It's so like, right. that's amazing.
0: Right. You know who has first-round athleticism? Dalvin Cook. I'm back on the bandwagon, folks. Dalvin no, no, no. Cook.
1: In, in the second round, I'm on the bandwagon. Not no. in the fourth.
0: No, no. I watched, too, I watched too many highlight YouTube tapes this week. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is my guy. Brandon doesn't want to say it. He's a Dalvin Cook fan as well. <laughs> He wants a three-down back. Dalvin Cook is your guy. But then you know we're going to take a break from the draft talk for now. We're going to to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about Brandon's career. We're going to talk about his work currently with BGN, uh, BGN Radio, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, and how he got to where he is today. You're listening to the Broad Street Line coming to you live on 106.5 FM WPPM LP Philadelphia. Welcome back to the Brawl Street Line. Roy Burton, Chris Domingo, and special guest Brandon Gault of Bleeding Green Nation in studio with us. We're going to talk to our guest right now about his career and how he got to where he is today with BGN. So let me just ask you the first question. How did you get started in the sports media game, Brandon?
2: That's a good question, Roy. Um, back in high school, so this I guess is like 2009, 2010 for me, um, okay. I saw an article on Facebook about the Eagles uh former general manager Tom Heckert who was working for the Browns at the time uh that saying that something about like the Eagles could or or like he would give up two first round picks for Kevin Cobb and I was like <laughs> what cuz I hated the Kevin Cobb pick man I was I was at my grandma's house that day I was watching the draft and I was waiting there all day and they traded back and right. I was like uh oh. so I'm waiting there and then they pick Kevin Cobb. Cobb and i I didn't have like I wasn't even mad I literally went outside and I started uh walking around the driveway for like just like thirty minutes like I wasn't mad I was just like like what's happening is this real?
1: that's when you knew you were a future draft Nick when, <laughs> when, when you could when you saw offhand how terrible the Kevin because i actually because oh, full disclosure I actually was a well not a fan i I was like yeah like pseudo thumbs up.
2: I, I just didn't get it at all. I never was on board with that. So anyway, so I saw that article and I was like, "What?" And it, that article <laughs> happened to be on Bleeding Green Nation. So that was my uh, how I got introduced to the site. Eventually, I was following along. Um, I would check the Eagles' website excessively when I was just before I found that. Like I didn't really know about like blogs and anything like that. Um, so for me to kind of see that, and there's all these articles all the time, and I can comment, which is like awesome because I always, I didn't always have a lot of people to talk eagles with, so mm. um, or if the ones I did, you know, they were probably tired of hearing me because that's all <laughs> I talk about. So, uh, so it was great to have that outlet. And eventually, I was just, I was in the comments there, and eventually, you know, there's a the fan post section on right. the SB Nation websites where you can write your own kind of post. So I was kind of doing that, and I was trying to apply to the to be a front page writer. And it wasn't working out at the time, so uh, sure enough, there, there's an opening over at Liberty Ballers. The Greatest
0: uh, Sixers website online. Exactly.
2: And uh, so... So
1: these sites have... Sorry. So Bleeding Green Nation and Liberty Ballers have been around for that long?
2: They, I think BGN's been around for 10 years now, 2006. And wow. I, Liberty Ballers, I'm not sure, maybe like 2008. <sighs> yeah, or, about 2008. I think it's a little later than that. Yeah. But, they were writing articles yeah.
1: about the... The, the tony DeLeo the leo yeah.
2: the, the
0: eddie jordan sixers <laughs> were, were a, yeah. a, a huge topic of early liberty baller posts yes. jordan sams
2: yeah yes um yeah so uh mike levin gave me a shot there i my goal was to kind of own my skills there as a writer and and get into that and kind of eventually go to bleeding green nation and be like look you know i've been here I, i'm proven and that's what i did uh, my good friend Dan Klausner kind of got me in the, my foot in the door with uh, Jason Brewer, who used to be the, the, the um, have my job at BGN from 2006 until 2013. So uh, I got my foot in the door there. I became a front-page writer. Jason stepped down because that wasn't really a full-time thing for him. He was going mm-hmm. to school, and I think he just had gotten a job at Merrill Lynch. So he kind of wanted to move on to that and leave the blogging kind of behind him. Uh, our good friend Jimmy Kemski took over at Bleeding Green Nation for about like a month or so. And at the same time, he was doing philly.com, so that wasn't really the full-time thing for him. Mm -hmm. And then, so I was there, and I had been there since February, and this was September 2013, so it just kind of got to the point where i took over
0: nice nice so so you took over bleeding green what year was it it 2013
2: 2013 so 2013 the greatest
0: era of bgn (laughs) so you were so you were the editor-in-chief of of bgn um were you guys credentialed immediately for, for the eagles or
2: yeah jimmy had been had been uh using the the bgn credentials i think for like a couple seasons at that point maybe like two or three seasons
0: okay so so did it take a while i guess for you and I guess VGN is in the in a larger role to kind of get that same kind of recognition as like the quote unquote mainstream media outlets, you know, you know, as far as being credentialed and kind of you know having a voice at like when you're at you know when you're out of practice and you right. know, you're talking to the coaches and talking to the players, did you have to like fight to kind of like make your way into that into that world or was it kind of like natural from when you first got there?
2: I still think there's a fight to some extent just because it's it's a different outlet, you know. The the papers have been around forever. Right. You know, blogs only been around ten years, so, you know, so it's a big difference there. But in terms of uh respect and everything like that i think you know we're right there i think i feel i don't feel any different from the other reporters who are there Mm -hmm. all these games and practices are everything i know uh i wasn't there for it but when BGN got credentialed. That was from the Eagles. Like that was their initiative. Like Derek Boyko, who now works for the Bills, great guy by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the former Eagles PR director, he kind of sat down with Jason and said, like, what can we do? Like, how can we? Because it's, it's you know it's it's a unique chance to cover the team, a, a right. blog. It's there's a lot more freedom and things like that. He kind of wanted he and credit to Derek for recognizing the power of that and. And uh, he he saw a site that would give the team attention in a different way, and he wanted to give them more access.
0: Yeah, that that's very, you know very much so a credit to Derek and, and the Eagles for thinking like that. Because again, there's still teams, as you know, oh, yeah. that, that still think of blogs, you know, bloggers <laughs> as guys again who live in their <laughs> mom's basement. <laughs> who live, I, I'm not I'm not naming names. I'm just you know <laughs> I, I, I could. That's on our after show. Um, you <laughs> know, like who you know still think of bloggers as people who live in their mom's basement and who hmm. you know who don't know you know about you know sports or whatever like that, and they're spouting analytics like that's you know that, that's how you four letter word and mm-hmm. there's other teams you know who are progressive and, and give access to outlets like bleeding green nation like bleeding green nation's where i go not not because you're here i'm not saying that <laughs> you're here but bleeding green nation's where i go when Thank i you. want eagles news i mean that's what it is i No mean,
1: i can oh sorry right i could say that birds 24 7 during the during the shield and brandon era and bgm because you're getting these like like you're getting film like i, I yep. mean like those snippets i need to see a snippet i need to see a video of when dalvin cook Ran over yeah. somebody. Eagles first round pick. Down. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's like for and I think in this market where f- football is is just digested 24 seven. Yes. BGN is just the perfect fit. Like who wh- who knows that like maybe in like Jacksonville where they could really care less about football would be, but in this town where like you can go anywhere, Dunkin' Donuts, the subway, where people are talking about the Eagles every day of their lives. BG, is just i i mean it's it's ideal
2: and i i you know i credit a lot of anything i've been able to achieve any kind of success in my life or anything is because of that like i am not i am not anyone without eagles fans like and, and you guys and everyone who's been able to support us and read and listen to the podcast and everything the the passion of the fans um it's not it can't be understated you know it's this isn't like a thing where you know uh you, you go to just any city and you see this like it's a truly special thing with Philly fans, and the Eagles fan base especially, who are just so passionate about this team, and it's awesome.
0: You, you mentioned the podcast. Now, when you took over, was, it, was B, did BGN Radio start, or was it? After you, after you took over,
2: um, we didn't really have a podcast at the site. Okay. I kind of wanted to get one going. Um, I didn't really know how to do that because I'm not. <laughs> in, I'm not in that kind of technical uh, with the, the audio, and I I'm sitting in front of a soundboard here, and I have no idea what any of it is. I, so. I, barely, I barely know. It myself, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so, so um, that came into play where it was. It wasn't right away when I started at BGN kinda of getting settled in as a writer and everything, but I think about like October is when we had our first episode and that was after I honestly just called up John Barchard one day and I was like, Hey, we need BGN should have a podcast. You know, we're the we're the biggest Eagles blog out there. We don't have a podcast and really at the time there weren't any kinda of any like just only Eagles podcasts that right. were like regularly recording and like kind of like big name podcasts. So I was like, why not us? So uh, I John Barchard had been doing his own kind of little podcast at the time. He had had me on a couple times, so we had kind of known each other, uh, and that's where it started.
0: So BGN Radio started. So that was October twenty thirteen. Yep. Um, and again, you guys. Probably one show a week at the, at the time, or uh,
2: one show. Well, we usually do. We would do two, okay. two in season. You know, post and pregame.
0: So one, so so two shows a week. You know, so you have the website. You have the you have the you know. So you start building up your, your audience. How long did it take for that to grow into you know your initial gig with the uh, fanatic?
2: Yeah, that was um, uh, so that was 2015, I guess. There, yeah, okay. 2015. So it took a couple years there. Um, we'd really just been churning out episode after episode we're up to 220 or 233 now i believe so yeah so we kind of just try to record regularly and make sure we don't miss an episode so uh and listenership kind of just gradually increased over time and and now we're at wip so everything's happened kind of fast when you look back but uh uh, it's, it's been really cool
0: and that's kind of you know one of the things. I'm glad you brought up the consistency cuz I think that's one of the things where kind of people kind of like fall by the wayside yes. when when want to want to get into this in- industry. I say it all the time on this show like the best ability is availability. Yep. Like the best thing you can do as a a podcaster, as a blogger, um if you want to be in a sports media game, you have to put out content. Like you have to be out yep. there all the time. And you go on, you know, BG, you go on Bleeding Green Nation. There is really not a day that goes by that you don't see at least four or five new posts, probably from you guys at, at BGN. Or, you know, there's not a couple days that go by where you guys aren't doing podcasts. Like, you guys are always out there, you have fresh new content. And people appreciate that because they know they can come to your website and hear a new podcast or, or see a couple new articles or learn something that he didn't know, you know, today. So it's a testament to, to the hard work of all you guys for keeping that content coming for these Yeah, last let's see the years.
1: web, like, 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 that web I love of, 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 like, of, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, a wide receiver. Because, pro- like, it's just, I need to be informed. Like, we, we think of ourselves as being, like, very informed fans. If I go to a site and feel more informed, I think that's just because you're not getting that from the national sites. Like I mean, you're getting right. it from from local sites, and, mm-hmm. and really, you're not even getting it from like the, the the newsprint. You're getting it from these blogs that are in depth explaining what you never you didn't know that you knew before.
2: Yeah, and I the great thing about the blog format and everything like that is that um, we have so much freedom. Yeah, because you know, the paper and everything, it, there's, it's just harder. And there's expectations, and there's not as much room for opinion. Right. But people want opinion, and that's why SB Nation sites, in in particular, are so I think so successful because people like when. So when the Eagles make a, a move for Timmy Jernigan, all right, who is that? Like, what? Right, right, right. what how do Ravens fans feel about that? Because yeah. like, if they think he's good, that's probably going to make me feel good about getting him. And they right. did. So like, that's the kind of unique thing we have, and uh, just and just the ability to share our opinions and uh, to be there all the time. And you said it, Roy. And again, like I, I, really appreciate all the support from all the people who who have given us that uh, readership and, and listenership, and and they've given us that feedback that you know we we love coming here because you're reliable for us, and I, and I like being there for them.
0: And and you know when news breaks, you guys are right on it. Like so, <laughs> something that if somebody comes in for a visit, you know, like yeah. you guys, are, you know, there's a there's a 300 word article about it. You know, it could like,
1: be at 5:15 a.m. and yep. you could see a post by Brandon Lee Galton.
0: And you're right. not you're not you don't get that usually from the typical quote unquote again mainstream outlets. I mean, yeah. usually you have to wait until the next day or the next day's paper to get that. Whereas you know you know Brandon's right on it, or you know whoever else is was writing for the site is, is right on it. And then you get you know here's here's Timmy Jernigan you know here the Timmy Jernigan trade goes down. Here's some Timmy Jernigan video. Yep. Here's a fan post from somebody like a Ravens fan who came yep. in and said, well I watched Timmy Jernigan the last couple of years. Here's his strengths and weaknesses like that. You know that that ability to have all that you know gives you know blogs and and the only online community like a huge leg up on you know on the traditional again traditional media outlet. So that's why, you know, I mean look, you know, I'm part of the SB Nation family too. So I mean obviously <laughs> it sounds a little bit self serving, but I, I'm I'm not just saying like this is the way this is the new this is a new media outlet. This is the yeah. new way that people kind of consume Information and so then you were the uh, the editor of BGN and then you spun that off into a job with Philly Mag for for Birds twenty four seven. You want to talk about that for a little bit?
2: Yeah, so that was uh, September of last year, two thousand sixteen. Kind of just had been with BGN for a while. Was looking to expand, kind of do something new. As I love BGN, and for as hard as it was to leave, and I'm not just saying that it was was very hard for me to leave. um, It felt like this could be a really good opportunity to advance my career. Obviously. Tim McManus and Shil Kapadia, both now at ESPN, both mm-hmm. two of the best Eagles writers we've ever had yes. in the city here. Um, Tim still writes about them, obviously. But, um, yeah, those are great guys, and I felt like, hey, if I have the opportunity to follow in the footsteps of those guys, like, that could be a really good opportunity for me. Um, obviously, it didn't work out with Philly Mag uh, deciding to pretty much cut their sports coverage entirely. Um, but, it, hey, I'm, I'm back at BGN, so I, I'm – I feel like I'm back where I'm belong, and I'm happy where I am.
0: And we were we were talking all, off the air before before the show. I'm not sure how Philly Mag wasn't able to to monetize or capitalize off of that, but I'll just say this on the air: like I was a huge fan of what you guys did at at Burrs 24 seven. Literally, like every because we do the show our or initial iteration of the show every Wednesday, so literally every Tuesday night. You know, I would go on Birds twenty four seven and go back to all your articles from the week before, just so I didn't miss anything. Just so I had like this Thanks. is this is the preparation that that I do every single week because you guys are doing you know the better stuff than we were getting from the than the the beat writers like the, the quote unquote beat writers because right. I, 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 I don't kind of think of you guys as as beat writers. I didn't think of you guys as beat writers because it's more so it's more than the traditional right. kind of like you know okay. I, this is what happened in practice today. Yeah. This is what the coach said today. There's a little, there's a lot more analysis and a lot more, you know, other stuff. A lot more analysis, a lot more opinion in in the stuff that that you did at Birds twenty four seven and you do now at BGN. So, again, I appreciate that, and I know a lot of people out there appreciate that. Sadly, Philly Mag didn't appreciate that, but again, that's not really their target audience, I guess. So, it is what it is. But again, I just appreciate all that you do at BGN, especially appreciate what you do at Liberty Ballers. Um, because again that's the greatest sixers website besides
1: we need to, we might need to go to the next time because I need to hear his because he might be the founding father of the um, of the Jaleel Okafor fan club <sighs>
0: Well, yeah, we. I, I'm gonna leave some extra time at the end for Jaleel because we're gonna talk Jaleel. Um Because you know, from one big man to another, again, Brandon. For those of you who don't know, it, it can play center for your for your local your local rec team. Yep. um If if you need him, we're gonna talk some Eagles and uh, Eagles Sixers in the next segment. But I do want to say, if if you had one piece of advice to give someone who wants to get into the sports media business. What would it be like? Because there's a lot again. A lot of people who listen to the show—they're aspiring media people. They have their podcasts or their blogs. Heck, whatever. even us. <laughs> even, like, we're, like we're still, we're still, we're still trying to be on WIP, like you guys. What what piece of advice would you give somebody who's out, who's out there who's looking for um, a gig in in the game?
2: When I was uh, so back before I kind of really got involved heavily at BGN, uh, I was kind of I was in college, I was in school, and I didn't really w- know what I wanted to do. I wasn't studying journalism at all. I was going for an IT degree. And I kind of just loved to write about the Eagles. Like that was my passion, something fun for me. And my mom was like, hey, why don't you just try to do that as a career? And I always kind of shot it down. I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know, it's too hard to get Best into Best mom ever. Yeah, <laughs> she, she really is. So shout out to mom. But Shout out to mom. Um, it's kind of like, I know kind of people kind of think it's cliche when people say follow your dreams and all that. But I don't think it is. I think if you really care about something and you're passionate about it, you have to pursue it. Because mm-hmm. to me... Like I, to me, I have a job that isn't even like a job to me. It's just it's fun. I that's the, awesome. there's the the cli- again a cliche, but the uh, the cliche of like if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. That's kind of that's how I feel. If you are really passionate about something, do everything you can to pursue it. If it doesn't work out, you can always figure it out later. You can always fall back on something. Um, there will always be something there for you. To me, what I would say again is just if you have that dream, try to follow it. That,
0: that's excellent advice. And, and speaking of, you know, putting your effort into it, um, we're going to talk about a certain player who doesn't put effort into defense, who may not be mm-hmm. a Sixer by the time the Sixers tip off next October. You're listening to the Street Line on Philly Cam Radio. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we will talk some Sixers, get Brandon's pick for Rookie of the Year, and a lot, lot more. Again, you're listening to the Street Line, 106.5 FM, WPPM LP, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. and this is- We're back, Roy Burton, Chris Domingo, and special guest Brandon in the Bleeding Green Nation and Liberty Ballers in segment number three as we wrap up today's show. This is going
1: to be the fun segment because I think yeah, like for, 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 for all the work that Brandon, the great work Brandon does on, on, on BGN, this is, I think, his like, the thing where he can just shoot from the hip.
0: Yes. The most important thing that, that Brandon has done over the past two weeks or past few weeks, not including his work at BGN Radio, is set the beautiful pick on Scott O'Neill at the Sixers media game. And I saw. So I want to talk about that. So you had a chance to go down to, this, to this, the beautiful Sixers practice facility.
2: Yeah, it's the, great
0: for the for the Sixers. The Six. How was how was the media game by the way? Uh,
2: it was fun. Um, yeah, that pick happened. Uh, beautiful. It, hey, it wasn't it we're wasn't premeditated. It. I I was uh, I was I was. We were playing offense, and I saw uh, Scott O'Neill at the top of the key there, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna have to go and set a hard pick on him, and uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to feel bad about it. So, so after the game, though, it was obviously all good fun. After the game, I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, man, I was like, I'm sorry, but I had to do it." You know, and he he laughed. He he was a good sport.
0: Now, 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 maybe you know, maybe you're on their free agent radar because I think they're probably going to be down <laughs> uh, a center after after well, this hope. year. Um, Brett Brown yesterday, in in, uh, in I guess his exit interview with the media, he acknowledged eight players that that the Sixers are that are the Sixers keepers heading into the offseason. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, TLC, Rashawn Holmes, Robert Covington, Dario Scharch, Nick Stauskas, and TJ McConnell. Shocking.
1: Justin to, Anderson, right? No Justin Anderson. Shocking
0: to no one involved. <laughs> Jalil Okafor was not part of that list. Now of course we are a year away from Jalil Okafor, you know, averaging 17 and seven, you know, in limited action as a rookie. But, of course, we're, I don't know, days away or weeks away from removed from for not showing any effort whatsoever on defense. What's the issue? With, is it just an effort thing with Jaleel? Like, what's the deal?
2: I think that's part of it. I don't think okay. it's the only thing. I think if he really tried, I don't think he'd be you a know, plus defender by any means. Maybe he'd be more serviceable or at least it would be more tolerable even because you're seeing that guy try and you're like, all right, well, he's bad, but at least he's given it his all. But, like, right. we, the fact that we can't say that is just so frustrating and, and really it's hard to watch because – uh, I know, like, wins weren't necessarily the most important thing for the Sixers this year. Still trying to be bad and get a draft pick, especially with the injuries and everything at, at that point. But, but when they were winning games there and they were trying to win, and and Okafor was playing, it was just so much clearer the team is better without him. Like, don't put him on the. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not enjoyable. He makes the team worse. I just don't want to watch him.
0: <laughs> and you you summed it up pretty much. I mean, yeah, no, no to say. I, like I mean, for
1: me, like we were talking about how in this season, or like I think we've we've seen Brett Brown's strengths as a player developer. Yeah. He's the only player that has gotten worse. You can argue that Covington's gotten better, Stauskis, McConnell, mm-hmm. he's gotten not even like marginally worse, noticeably worse.
2: Yeah. He's just so bad. I can't believe that it's so hard to believe he was the number three overall pick. Yeah. You know, at one point he was like the top. Like before Towns really came on, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you know, a number one pick. He was the guy. Yeah. How I
1: just <laughs> remember coming out of that that draft party a couple draft lottery party a couple years ago. Everyone Ugh. was like, said, oh, we're gonna get D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. This is gonna be great. And then yeah. somehow, well, the Lakers had common sense. It was like, oh, we can't draft this guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we go from one center to another. Joel Embiid uh, just underwent successful surgery on his torn meniscus. Now, this is just the latest in the confusing uh, reports that we get from the Sixers and or their medical staff, because originally the Sixers said that it was a minor tear, Mm -hmm. then it was exacerbated, then Colangelo comes out yesterday and says they didn't know how bad it was. Joel Embiid said initially he was told he would be out six months. He's in surgery, and they said, oh, it wasn't that bad at all. How much faith and confidence do you have in the Sixers medical team? Because quite frankly, there's no reason to have much.
2: None. I I don't... No, honestly, like I, I don't like to be the fire everyone guy because you know I don't. I'm not, I'm I not am like <laughs> well, well, I mean, in the <laughs> sense of like I'm not going to wish people to lose their jobs, but like when it's warranted, I mean, hey, like this is this is a disaster. It yeah. feels like it just feels like it's almost comical at this point. It's like, or it's even just to the point where you're just basically expecting something to go wrong all the time because it's been so mismanaged and everything. Uh, it's it's just hard to believe.
0: And we have a similar situation with the the whole Ben Simmons thing because again, magically in game 81 or after game 81, he got mm. the he gets to quote unquote green check, we live, you know, <laughs> uh, clean bill of health on 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 his foot. But again, there's question. There was questions about his health. There's questions about Joel Embiid's health. Colangelo yesterday said there's going to be no back to back issues next year with, with Joel Embiid. I would imagine there's going to be none with Ben Simmons. I don't know if he plays in summer league. I don't. Would you want him to play in summer league by, by any chance? Or? Yeah, I would. Okay,
2: because just. Selfishly, just so you know, more entertaining.
0: <laughs> so, so Ben Simmons in summer league getting ready for the season. Joel Embiid's supposed to get ready for the season. I, I guess Ben Simmons is going to be your point guard, according to Brett Brown. Are, are you okay with that? Are you in favor of your 6'10, you know, maybe seven feet if you believe those erroneous reports that he grew two inches? Are you in favor of Ben Simmons being your lead guard initiating the offense?
2: Absolutely, because I would love to see him passing the ball to Joel Embiid. That's going to be awesome to, yeah. to have a guy who can create looks for a guy who can just. Dunk over people and and finish so strong around the rim and and even shoot from the outside. Right and Embiid like that's amazing to me and hopefully obviously you're gonna you're gonna have Covington and whoever else they maybe the some keepers. other guys yeah from not the, not Jaleel. from the draft or from the draft this year like shooters that you can fill around the team and yeah I'm really interested to see who how do you that want
1: works. the uh, who like who who do you want the Sixers to draft.
2: Uh, assuming like, they get number one, or like, <laughs> let, let, let's, say, let's <laughs> first, reasonably first yeah.
0: let's say well, let's just say they stay at four and they only okay. get four. Yeah, who do you want? Who do you Monk. want? Them to, to I, I really like there you Malik go, Monk. Yes.
2: like shooters. I it, I think too more than any team he fits with the Sixers. Like if the Sixers were in a different spot or if so this is a different team, now. well, to some extent, okay. yeah, to some extent, I think I think I think well. Here's the thing. I think like his value is higher to the Sixers than Absolutely. anyone. So just because of uh the way he plays and to be quite honest and to like not put this very in like technical terms, the guy's just a baller. Like <laughs> he just <laughs> he hits shots I love it. Like yeah. how do we how do I turn uh down that if he's there?
1: No, like it, cuz it's been a while the Sixers have not have had a like a uh, steal quote from his an irrational confidence guy, like yeah. like a guy who can get who can hit seven threes.
2: Lou Williams, right? No, yeah, like I, I think we guy. said. Yeah. I
1: think we said he he could be a bigger Lou Will.
2: Yeah. I, I really like his game. Um, I know he's falls and everything, but just, again, with the way the Sixers fit, I don't really think those are kind of big deals with him. And I, I would love to – let's get against someone who
0: can shoot, yeah. right? I mean, like yeah. – <laughs> like, we, we need a shooter. Yeah. It's been a long time since we had a shooter. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk basketball all day, but we do have to get out of here in a couple of minutes. Before we get out, though, I do want to talk – you guys, Bleeding Green Nation, are going to be at the NFL Draft in a couple of weeks on Radio Row. Can you tell the people about what you guys plan for that?
2: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. We don't have the exact specifics of amount of people who will be able to be with us, but we're gonna, from our understanding, we're going to have some amount of people who are going to be able to be with us the first night there at the NFL draft on uh, Thursday the 27th. And then the next couple of days, we're going to be there. I don't know if we're going to be able to have people with us on those days. So we'll, we'll post more info on that as soon as we know Mm -hmm. Um, we're kind of just waiting to hear. It's nothing on our end, Um, (laughs) but uh, anything in any case, if, if we can't see you guys or whoever, Uh, If we can't get you at the draft, uh, we're going to be at the Adobe Cafe in South Philly on Saturday night. Once the draft is over, I think starting around 8. So hopefully we'll see everyone there, have a big get-together, and hopefully we can actually celebrate a good Eagles draft class.
0: Uh, Keep it locked on Bleeding Green Nation for all the information about all that stuff that's going on with them. Also, at Bleeding Green on Twitter. Um, If people want to follow you on Twitter or follow you on on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, SnapFace or whatever. (laughs) No, no.
1: I watched the Bill Belichick um, interview with CNBC. He actually called it Instaface. He, Insta-face. I'm pretty sure. I think he knows, he thinks it's Instaface.
0: He said snap. He said Snapface and InstaChat before. <laughs> so I have no idea what this man knows. But if if you're on InstaChat, or Brandon, or whatever you're on, please let everybody know how they can follow you.
2: Uh, I, I would say you can follow me on Twitter at, at Brandon Gowton B R A N D O N G O W T O N. Obviously, follow the podcast feed too at BGN underscore Radio. You can also check out our Patreon page on BGN Radio, which we yes. started doing kind of the, some of the exclusive things for our listeners. Uh, If you want to support the show in a different way, so check that out at patreon.com backslash BGN radio.
0: Brandon Gowden, editor in chief of Bleeding Green Nation. Thank you for joining us, man. We got to do this again. Yeah, this I is love fun. it. Let's do it.
2: This, no,
1: this I cool. feel so much more like informed and pumped for the draft now.
0: Well, hopefully, you know, two weeks from now we'll have even more information Dalvin we'll, Cook second we'll, round pick. We will know that Dalvin <laughs> Cook will be a Philadelphia Eagle when we're on the show two weeks from now. But that's it for today. Again, thanks for listening to us here on Philly Cam Radio, WPPM L P Philadelphia. We are out of here until next Saturday, Mr. Domingo take us out. Please. Have a great weekend everyone. See you next Saturday everybody.